Welcome, everyone, to the Great Scott Podcast. Mike's guest today is the former CEO of the Sonic restaurant chain, Jay Clifford Hudson. Mike and Clifford talk about his time at Sonic, his new book, Master of None, and what he's up to today. How's it going, Cliff? I'm doing fine. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, sir. Thank you so much for being a guest. I know that this is our second time, but uh, thank you so much for, for coming back. Yeah, happy to be with you and uh, and look forward to the conversation. Yes, sir. Same here. So, uh, as I had mentioned uh, at the top of the show, your name is uh, J. Cliff Hudson. Can you uh, tell us what the J stands for? Well, uh, happy to do that, but also should mention my middle name is Clifford, and uh, and the J stands for James. So it's James Clifford Hudson. James Clifford. Name. I, I I was one of several people in my family that went by their middle name, and uh, so I grew up being called Cliff or Clifford. And uh, the James was uh, kind of in the background somewhere. So, so when when you were in school, that's what you you went by was uh, J was it J Cliff Hudson or just Cliff? I, I went by Cliff. Cliff. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. 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 Now you uh, you originally majored in in, in history and um, and you went to law school, but then you get a call from Sonic wanting you to overhead their legal department. Had you ever heard of Sonic uh, before then, or did this kind of take you by surprise? The um, uh, opportunity at Sonic uh, was not something I anticipated, but in terms of exposure to Sonic, I had um, uh, I had happened to eat at a Sonic drive-in five years before. Sonics were primarily located in rural areas, and I grew up in the city. So um, I knew of them. I knew of a neighbor that was employed by them. And uh, and when the um, opportunity, and, and by the way, I should say, you know, five, the five years before when I ate at Sonic, I had a great experience. The food was delicious. I didn't go there intentionally. My wife and I were traveling. We stopped in a small town to go to a roast beef place. It was a Sunday. The roast beef place was closed. So we went to nearby Sonic and we had a great experience. So five years later, when the position opened, and my neighbor approached me uh, about it. Um, I should say former neighbor at that point approached me about it. Um, uh, I was intrigued. And yes, I joined the company in 1984. And that year became general counsel of the company and, and uh, stayed there for 35 years. Now, did you get that call? Like, was it right out of college? Uh, or were you, did you have a job prior to being the, the CEO? Of yeah, I was, I was in, I was in private law. I was in private practice, private law practice for four years uh, prior to um, moving to the Sonic legal department. So I had been involved in a in, uh, business practice, uh, working with small businesses of different sorts. And so I think I brought good experience uh, to the business. Um, uh, uh, both transactional type law, but also organizational representation and, and boards of directors and fiduciary duties and these types of things. So, yes, I did have the experience before before joining the company. So, how did the name Jake uh, Cliff Hudson manage to come across the the desk of uh, Sonic uh, from a, a private practice to uh, to then being the head of or the CEO of Sonic? Well, the uh, um, uh, fellow who made the introduction to the uh, of me to the CEO, as I mentioned earlier, was a former neighbor of mine. Oh, okay. And he was an off he was an officer of Sonic, and um, uh, my wife and I had invited him and his wife to a dinner. And at the dinner, he mentioned this position was open, and you know, would I be interested? And uh, so, follow up conversation, introduction, introduction to the CEO, et cetera. 
the path from there, on the other hand, you know, you asked a moment ago about the, had I been in law practice before, and I mentioned four years. I think one of the things about, you know, the four years before joining the company, it's a good enough period of time to get some experience under your belt. And yet, at the same time, I was young enough and flexible enough that when I got inside the company, I was also nimble enough that I kind of started soaking up the business and over time moved from law to the business side of the business. I was general counsel for eight years. We did two leverage buyouts on the company, and I really learned how the company made money and where it didn't make money and so on and so forth. And so when we went public uh, um, seven years later, my boss moved me to the chief financial officer position, and a year later to COO, and then a year and a half later, he left, and I became CEO. So kind of a stair-step progression from law into business and then up the up the ladder in terms of the business positions of the company. Now, being the CEO of a restaurant, did you manage to keep a, a, a steady weight, or did you manage to gain some weight within the process of being the CEO of <laughs> Of a restaurant, I'm, I'm I'm curious about that. Well, um, I think one of the things I've managed throughout my life is I've managed to gain weight <laughs> almost continuously. But at the same time, at the, at the same time, periodically, I've managed to lose some weight. So, uh, you know, overall in my life, I think I've probably gained about 1,200 pounds, and I've lost about a thousand. You know, so uh, congratulations. Time. I mean, it is. It's a. It's a beauty of the job and a hazard of the job. Our my board of directors uh, used to accuse me that uh, when we got to difficult issues, you know, why was it we always brought in a new ice cream uh, product just as we got to difficult issues with the board, you know? So, uh, but the board, uh, every single board meeting we had, we always uh, they always tried the new products, and I think they enjoyed that hazard of the job. From my standpoint, um, there was never a product that was rolled out to customers that I had not had, you know, at least once, if not more than once. And and uh, and of course, that means there are lots of things that I ate that um, never the market never saw. So that's part of the job. Uh, it's an enjoyable one because the food is good, and I always enjoyed the food. But uh, you have to be careful when you do taste testings that. They serve you a whole hamburger, but you don't eat the whole hamburger. They serve you three hamburgers. So, uh, so it's a it's a it's a challenge. It was always a challenge. Now, uh, I think at the end of your tenure as CEO, um, was it you that put the uh, credit card machines upon the? Uh, uh, I've, I I I don't know what to call it. Yeah, we can attach the credit card reader to the menu housing at the stall where the customer pulls in. So. Sonic is a 1950-style drive-in, and so yep. people do have the stall to park in. And yes, I was at a, uh, and I talk about that in the in the book, Master of None, uh, how a jack of all trades can still reach the top. And it is about, uh, this one is, that chapter is about innovation. And um, in fact, what the, um, what occurred there was I went to a conference where a Visa representative said, um, you know, this doesn't sound like radical news today, but it was interesting then. This was 20 years ago, about 2001. And the visa representative, the woman who was there on behalf of Visa, said, if you are a place that sells food and you will readily and easily accept credit cards, women will be twice as likely to come to your shop as a shop that doesn't accept credit cards. 
Well, today the whole credit card thing is so ubiquitous and even beyond with the payment methods with smartphones, et cetera, uh, but not necessarily the case 20 years ago and particularly not in fast food restaurants. So that was a, that was a, you know, transactions, five, six, eight dollars at a time. A lot of people, most people still using cash. Okay. At any rate, I, I went back to my office and convinced our tech guys to try to come up with something that basically was a credit card reader attached to the menu housing. It took a little while um, to get it tested, but when it was tested, it was enormously successful. We rolled it out across the entire system by 2003, so that um, you're talking about, you know, in 2003, there, there were at least 2,000 Sonic drive-ins. Uh, a few years later, we opened the 3,000, as a matter of fact, in the latter part of that decade. So 25, um, uh, 25 parking stalls uh, per drive-in. I'm trying to do the math here times uh, 3,000. Uh, you got about 75,000 um, credit card readers. So Sonic became one of the, in terms of numbers of transactions, Sonic became one of the highest users of credit cards in the United States from 2003 until 2018 when I left the company. 100% of the growth, uh, the growth in that time was two and a half billion in sales just wow. wide. All of that was represented by credit card transactions. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it was a tremendously successful program really met the customer's need and, and utilized by the customers. Oh, well, yeah. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think that Sonic was probably the first one to have the credit card reader on the on the uh, machine there. Yeah, made, yeah. It, made it easy and accessible. Very Absolutely. The customer. Now, do you, miss, yeah. do you miss being the CEO of Sonic? I'm sure that uh, there's probably parts that you loved and some parts you probably didn't, but uh, overall, do you miss being the, the uh, CEO? Well, I did it for 23 years, and um, uh, 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 it was a—it really was kind of a shock to walk away from it, just because I'd experienced it so closely for so many years. Um, but at the same time, um, I have many things I'm doing now, including working on this book and some uh, some nonprofit service, board service, and uh, spending more time some more time with my family. I'm doing many things now that I enjoy enormously and have more time to do now. So I have plenty of things for intellectual stimulation, and I have a lot less things to create stress in my life. <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't miss the, uh, uh, I don't miss the stress. I'm, I'm thankful not to have that like I did for all those years. Um, so it, it was a great experience. Wouldn't trade it for anything. And yet at the same time, I like where I am and uh, enjoying life quite a bit. Now, uh, music has been a huge part of your life. Um, I'm sure that you're probably playing uh, a little bit more music. I'm sure that there's probably maybe a piano inside your house somewhere. But uh, was, yes. the original, was the original dream for you to be a touring musician before any of this law or CEO came to be about? Well, I never really gave it uh, that kind of thought that I would get into music that heavily. I had to say as a as an adolescent, there were times where I wondered if I would like to go into music, become a music teacher. One teacher who had a lot of very positive influence on me when I was 13 and 14 was my music teacher in junior high school. So I'm sure that that experience influenced me in that way. 
But I, I was in music, uh, mostly choral music, but picked up instruments along the way. My first instrument was a, was a mandolin. The next one was a banjo. The third was a guitar and uh, piano. And all of these I picked up by ear over time, really not reading music and not taking lessons. So I enjoy um, music a lot, always have. Uh, we incorporated this into my experience with Sonic. I have a chapter in my book, uh, Master of None, a chapter that talks about the importance of harmony and the idea that uh, music is a wonderful symbol from that standpoint, that harmony makes music, makes any tune richer, but also applies that, uh, you apply that in life, and that is you may be performing well solo, but an organization performs well because individuals collaborate and perform well together. So much like a music group can make beautiful music with harmony and music, music, beautiful music integrating their instruments, the same thing's true with an organization. And an organization that doesn't have harmony is one that's not going to succeed in the long run. Absolutely. Now, you also got to play at the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, if, if I'm not mistaken. Well, our, our band at Sonic was called the Sonic Tones, and we uh, played at a number of different uh, venues, mostly around uh, Oklahoma City, which is where the company is headquartered. We played with the Oklahoma City uh, Philharmonic, the name is technically for the Oklahoma City Symphony. Um, but we sent a recording to that to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for their annual Battle of Corporate Bands. And, um, and I think they had 50 or 60 entrants that year. And our band was selected to uh, come to um, uh, Cleveland, to go to Cleveland and play in an annual contest. I think there were eight selected. And uh, so we had different companies there represented. All of them were company bands in 2003. And that was, uh, on the one hand, uh, a fun life experience. But, you know, for a guy that uh, uh, hadn't done that before, it was a little nerve wracking, too. So but. Uh, but a, a great experience for our group, and I think a good team-building exercise. So, Cliff, let me ask you, if you were to do this all over again, would you have uh, um, done anything different in, in your life? Like, would you have stuck with music a little bit more, or uh, would you have maybe gone a different route in life, or, or are you happy with how life has uh, turned out for you? Well, uh, I can't complain about uh, anything about the the you know the, the path I've taken because it's been a series of uh, rich experiences and and have uh, met a lot of fascinating people and have uh, had all kinds of opportunity and many of the things I engaged in helped create that opportunity those opportunities I wouldn't have had otherwise so uh, we don't get do-overs um, no we don't I suppose uh, I suppose anyone that's earlier in their career and listening to these these comments I mean the primary thing I would say is make sure you have um, um, good diversity in your life in terms of activity because the diversity I think will the variety will make your life richer and that does mean uh, you know don't just work all the time and if you do have family if you married or even if you're not married if you have family if you have kids uh, make sure you're spending time with your kids because you only get one shot at that too but the uh, the main thing in life I think is is variety because it enriches I think it makes you a better uh, and more interesting person, but it makes you a better employer of a or employee of an employer if you're getting that kind of diversity. So that's my my number one thing is include some music and art and 
interesting travel to the extent you can in your life, and it'll make you a, a, a stronger person. Absolutely. That's that's great advice. That's absolutely great. Now, uh, you are uh, the master, uh, or you are the author of Master of None, How a Jack of All Trades Can, can Get to the Top. Uh, tell us about uh, the, the book. Um, is it kind of like a autobiography, and uh, did you feel like the, this book that needed needed to be written at, at, at this time? Well, my belief, um, my belief is and was and is that the experiences I had at Sonic, uh, there were there were a number of interesting ones that people would be uh, interested interested to read um, about. And so the book, the book is somewhat autobiographical. Does give the reader you know, some base of my earlier part of my life and and the experiences in my life that created the value system that I have. So. It's not autobiographical, autobiographical just for the sake of the autobiography. Um, it is the detail is given at some points is to say to the reader, this, these are why these things are important to me in life. So I think that uh, beyond that, in terms of the interesting stories and the interesting sonic stories, my perspective was that um, that uh, a person earlier in their career uh, thinking about you know, gee, you were a CEO for 23 years. How do I get there? Uh, that it's worth kind of telling the story to say, to say some of these things are serendipitous. And the main thing uh, is to work hard, prepare in life, but but don't keep your nose to the grindstone, as they say. Don't Don't keep your head down to where you don't see other options that come along. One of the chapters in the book is that, uh, you know, uh, you don't have to create options for them to be the options that you see. Uh, many options that come to you are not your creation at all, but you do have to have your head up and your eyes open in order to see them. And just because they not something you created doesn't mean you can't seize it and run with it. So the idea is to have variety in your life, enjoy life. Um, yes, work hard and be prepared. But keep your eyes open and be open to variety of all sorts, and uh, and then you know see uh, see what appeals to you over time. So I wanted to give the contrasting view to the idea that um, you sh that you should simply keep your nose to the grindstone and work, 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 and 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 work to be the master of one thing. And my view was. Um, I may be a jack of all trades, but I'm a jack of all trades that succeeded well in my career. And here's the story. Now, uh, you had mentioned that you had quite a few uh, interesting moments at Sonic. Is there one particular moment or one thing that will always stick with you as being part of the former CEO of Sonic? Well, one of the stories in the book, and it is in the in the category of uh, being open to options that others create. One of the stories I tell in the book is how our management team, uh, which, you know, frankly, and this would have been you know, when I was a young uh, general counsel, 30, 31 years old, um, how we came to be able to buy the company, because that made all the difference in the world. Had we not been able to buy the company, we probably would have been a short time, you know, uh, the CEO, myself, who knows, might have been there three or four years, and then the board run you off and hire somebody else. But we were able to stay there for a number of years first and foremost, because we bought the company. We had no ability to buy the company. Didn't have money, didn't have the right to buy it. But I tell the story in the book about a fellow who 
um, made he did have the wherewithal and the capacity, and in essence made a threat to buy the company. And so in that chapter about seizing other people's options that they create, in that chapter I tell the story about how um, because he threatened it in essence. Uh, this is not any terminology at the time, but I think in buyout, the buyout world, we now use the term of a white knight. In a way, we became the white knight, meaning the management team. Didn't have the money, but it was early on in the days of a leveraged buyout where we used the company's assets to buy the company. So it was a fascinating opportunity that for a kid like me that had grown up going to public schools in a very moderate means and no wealth, um, to be able to buy what was then a $10 million company that we bought and built it when it was acquired by private equity folks two years ago. At the end of my run as CEO, we sold it for $2.3 billion wow. versus the $10 million our group had paid for it years before. So that's a, that one certainly stands out in changing uh, my life, changing my career path, um, and uh, being a, you know, a, unique, a unique little tale. And I think that Sonic is one of the few remaining 1950s-style drive-in restaurants that are still around today. Yes, that's right. Uh, the, most of our competitors, for whatever you know, odd reason, moved away from it. You know, in the 60s and the 70s, in the in the 60s and 70s, they started adding dining rooms. You know, some of our competitors that had been drive-in, a lot of them just went out of business. But those that stayed in business added dining rooms. And then years later, as the car became so dominant, they just added a drive-through window. They had these big drive dining rooms and one drive-through window. Whereas Sinek, you know, never went in a appreciable manner, never went to the uh, to the indoor um, uh, model. And when the when the car and people moving in cars like that became so dominant, well, we had 25 drive-through windows, you might say. Mm -hmm. Wow. So um, it 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 worked well, and uh, and I had to say. And this pandemic environment, uh, it's working explosively well because people know they can order without going in, pay without going in, and uh, get their food and, and take off. So uh, I think the business right now at Sonic is very strong. So uh, how often do you uh, have Sonic yourself, or have you built up kind of a resilience to maybe eating out, having worked in the restaurant business for so long? Yeah, I still go to Sonic uh, every now and then. Um, um, uh, just kind of depends on what needs are, but uh, I still go to Sonic every now and then. I still I enjoy it. Food's good, service good. Uh, sometimes service being a little slow in this pandemic environment when they're they're traffic that yeah. much, but but that's all right. I mean it's kind of the circumstance, and and uh, so I've continued to have very positive uh, experiences going to Sonic. I don't go weekly or anything, but I've been a number of times since I left the company. And, and the experience has been uniformly positive. Absolutely, it, it's still around. It's still around. After all, all the hard work that you guys did, it's still still around, sir. <clears throat> well, I would say, it's, uh, yeah, I agree with you. It's still around. I would also say it's uh, um, it's really thriving. Uh, it is. The 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 current CEO made the statement on on some media a couple of weeks ago that uh, sales were up on the order of twenty five or thirty percent. So that while some many restaurant chains are looking at business down down 50 and 75 percent, it's only not down. It's uh, my my phrase um, I, uh, 
not taking credit for its origin, but I think applicable here is that fortune favors the prepared. And I think it's fair to say that the service delivery model that Sonic has and other things, advertising, food quality, et cetera, Sonic was one that was, you know, as a concept, was prepared for this environment, this demand, and the result is it's doing extremely well. So more power to them. I actually did not think of it like that. Uh, Fortune favors the, the prepared. That's an interesting way of thinking about it. I, I never thought of it like that. That's interesting. Well, it works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> it definitely works. It definitely does. Yes, sir. Well, uh, Cliff, well, people can people can often say, you know, you you were <clears throat> you know you were lucky or whatever. Well, yeah, okay. You're, you're lucky if you're prepared. If you're not prepared, then the luck doesn't make any difference. Oh, well, that's in true. This case, I think, in this case, I think Sonic is quite well prepared for this, and they're they're, they're doing, you know, if nothing else, um, the very fact that you can, and many many restaurants, but also quick service restaurants, it's not so easy to do this, and that is, you know, order through the app, pay through the app, and pull on a lot, get your food in two minutes, and, and you're gone. So it's a, it's a, uh, and I think that's a, a really rapidly growing part of the Sonic business is that mobile order, mobile pay. Oh yeah, you can get fast food even faster these days. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> well, well, Cliff, thank you so much, sir, for your time. Thank you for coming back on. God bless you, sir, and um, good luck with, with with the book, sir. I appreciate that, and, and uh, hopefully uh, your readers will remember that the uh, master of none, how a jack of all trades, can still reach the top. I think they'll enjoy the book. Yes, sir. And thank hey, you, Michael. Hey, Cliff, Cliff, I'm going to get a yeah. book out to you uh, to have signed. All right. That sounds good. Be happy to do it. All right. Well, well, okay. thank you so much, sir. Okay. You as well. Take care. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, and have them like the Great Scott Podcast Facebook page.